Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning and welcome. I am Heather Carroll. And I'm Father John Rutten. And we are broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. Thanks for joining us. And Father, always a delight to come and join you down here in Harrisburg. It's always a blessing. How uh, was the can... tornado? <laughs> <laughs> we're grateful. Uh, we're praying for all those people in Lenox uh, where it uh, impacted more. But yeah, it was scary. We had Mass on Saturday and we had to hold oh. off on Mass and go into the hallway. And really? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I, don't, I don't think I took it... As seriously as I should have, you know, there was a couple other people that looked in their eyes and I was like, oh, like, this is serious. I know. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I could feel the air come out of the building and I'm like, oh my gosh, what if this roof came off? (laughs) See, that (laughs) is so South Dakotan of us, isn't it? We're just like, um... So, I but a lot of water in the basement. I mean, it's really it's it impacts a lot of people. A lot of wow. our parishioners have water in the basement. And oh, we'll pray so, for that. Yeah, please do. Speaking of, shall we start with prayer? That'd be great. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, we give thanks for the gift of this day and for the beautiful ways in which you have created it for us to discover who we are and to discover who you are. Might you continue to show yourself. Might you provide grace to all those that are in need and for those that do not know you. Might you provide someone to share the good news of your presence in this world. For all those that are impacted by storms, both locally and nationally and across the globe. For those that are impacted by uh, the um, circumstances in Afghanistan, that they might be given your grace as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. And St. Joseph. Pray for us. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know when the year of St. Joseph ends, but I kind of love it. I just I He's just, should just sticking be an around. Old, well, <laughs> since he is the the patron of our diocese, we can just we can be forever. ever, yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm excited, and I don't really know what to expect from guest number one, because Father John lined it up, which yeah. is always exciting. <laughs> who, who is behind door number three? <laughs> so, we're going to introduce uh, Rob McCoy. Hi, Rob. Welcome to Hi, good morning. Presence Radio. Thanks for Thank joining for us this me. morning. Yeah, my pleasure. So tell the listeners a little bit about who Rob is. You've got 20 seconds. Well, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you're coming on this and you're, like, you're going to be asked questions. Like, start looking back like, well, how long have I been part of the parish? And I don't, wasn't one of the first members, um, but we joined probably pretty early on. And then um, so we moved. We were, uh, moved to town and 18 years ago and then kind of was at St. Catherine Drexel for a long time. And uh, the kids have always gone to Harrisburg schools, and so they always wanted to go to church with their friends. And so um, we went to Holy Spirit before there really was a church in Harrisburg. And then all of a sudden, you know, the math times fit my lifestyle better. So I'm like, we're going to that one. 
And uh, <laughs> yeah, it just, it just stuck. Everybody was like, oh, let's keep going here. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so that, I like that's that kind of how we started. And I got I got four kids. And they range anywhere this year now. I have a youngest is a middle schooler, so he's in sixth grade. And then a high school. Wow, middle school now. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, our only daughter uh, is a freshman in Mankato. And then our oldest uh, just graduated with a psychology degree and looking to get his master's. So mm-hmm. my wife, Jackie's a preschool teacher at Central Baptist Church. So she's just, uh, she's got a God-given talent with young kids. And yeah, she's, she's really good at what she does there. So, no. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So you said um, you had mentioned that you had only wanted to come to uh, JP2 just because of the mass time, which I think we are all so very guilty of. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, yeah, I do that all the time. Um, yeah, after yeah. being committed to the parish, what have you noticed? Has there been a difference in being committed to going to the same parish every week? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... So if we go back 18 years, I mean, when we went to St. Michael's, and we'd been in that church before when we visited town. Um, and uh, and then when we were... When St. Catherine Drexel was building, um, I don't know, we just had this different feeling from that church that drew us as a young family. And so... And now, I wouldn't say we're a young family anymore. I mean, I still have younger kids, but not the, the little ones. Um, mm-hmm. But there's just a different energy when when a parish is being built. Um, Father John just seemed to fit our family dynamic really well. Um, and again, we knew a lot of people there, so we had we had a lot of things drawing us in that direction, and, and that just it made it a little bit easier to to make the, the turn. It, I wouldn't say going there. The only reason was the time, but, <laughs> but you know, you, you have to look at some of the signs and say, "What's what's God delivering for me here?" And then um, hoping that you open your family and even your own eyes to some of that that your preconceptions are are delivering that. This morning's uh, office of readings uh, that the priests and religious of the church prays. Uh, the the first reading is um, what is it from Jeremiah or whatever? Uh, oh Lord, you duped me. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like it's kind of like he uses the you know whatever sort of our affection will be to get us moving, and then once we start moving along with them, he's like, oh now what? What I'm going to do? So God is a switch yeah. innovator. <laughs> yeah, 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 yep, yep. Yeah, what uh, what maybe. what would you say, Rob? You know, in in that time, that journey you've had, you know, you're still obviously the listeners can't see you, but you're still relatively young. Uh, what would you say though? You've had a good run. You've been in a number of parishes. You've had seen your kids. You know, you've grown in faith. You've seen your kids. What would you say uh, you've learned um, in this journey of twenty years about the gospel and uh, Christ's relevance? Yeah, that's, geez, jump right into the heavy stuff. I huh? know. I was going to say that is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rob, what do you got? Well, I mean, I'm a I'm a cradle Catholic, and it was one of those that it was just something that you did. I mean, you just, as a kid, you didn't know any different. Like, okay, I went to public school, but um, you still you went to religious ed and CCD every week. Um, you know, you're part of the church and you do some volunteering, but um, my family was 
close. I wouldn't say the closest as my current family is. It's just because we weren't always open to ourselves and even each other as a family. So, um, you know, I, again, I go back to some of those preconceptions that I may have had. You know, if, if you can open up your heart and figure out, well, how do I? You know, God was just always one of these things that I wondered about. You know, how do I? Oh my gosh, I wonder what it's like. I wonder, wonder, wonder. And then you start realizing, well, you can actually be like that more. So it just changed to more of a desire. Um, and then, so like even now, like when my kids will go to religious ed, well, Father John, you have Father's formation a lot of times after church. And it's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. Might as well sit in there. And you just open to it, listen to it, and examine your own soul and conscience and, and figure out more about yourself. And, and now we've, you know, we have family family prayer nights, and our kids just learn more about themselves, and they're open to it. And you can always see them change over time, and it's it's for the positive. So, those are some of the big things for us. Tell us about family prayer nights. What's the origin of that, and what does that look like for your family? Yeah, you know, again, it's one of those that I just never, I never grew up doing. You did it with yourself, and you start doing it with your spouse a little bit more, and we just realized we needed as our kids of 12 years between them, they kind of grow apart because they're, you know, there's so many different things going on. And we've always been good when we don't have activities about sitting down and eating supper together and uh, TV hardly ever goes on. But the family prayer night was just good. Um, and Jackie's got some good books that she'll start it off and it just generates thoughts and those types of things. But and we always try to do two things, you know, what, where have you seen God lately in your life and where do you wish God was more in your life? And, and like I said in the beginning, it was, it was easy for some of us, to, you know, again, I'm a, I mean, what you see is what you get. I'll, I'll just talk or whatever, but, um, you watch your kids and then all their reservations come down they feel comfortable and, and then you grow more as a family. So it's, it's been neat for us. Yeah. And then, and then the kids. When you miss it, uh, say it was a Sunday night all the time, if you missed one, then the kids would hold you accountable. Hey, we need to do that. So it'd be <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they'll, wow. you know, they'll recognize that, hey, I'm kind of missing that. We need to do that. And from some of the most unsuspecting kids, too, the ones you're just like, whoa, you want to do it? Uh, wow. mm-hmm. uh, Where did you get those two questions from? <clears throat> what book did you read that gave you those two questions? Uh, well, there's... It's just kind of, I think there's one right in the corner here. Yeah, there's a Dinner Table Devotions by Nancy Guthrie. We use that a lot. So 365 Opportunities to Grow Closer to God as a Family. Um, yeah, it's just got a little passage, one one page type deal. So it's got some little bit of reading and then just, you know, what I call discussion starters. And one thing just and leads to another. And that's where she's the one that had the where have you seen God and where do you wish he was more? Um, I think that was probably just something, you know, like we got one that'll struggle with in certain situations with anxiety. And so as we try to help that kid through it, it's like, well, tell me what you're worried about, you know. And it's, mm. it's kind of like in the church and when we started going to the canyon, that's where I started looking. I was like, okay, where do I need help? You know, so if you can start to identify in yourself where you need help with things, then that makes it easier to how do you get to where you fix that problem, you know, and, and then you're not so worried about things all the time. So I think we as a society focus too much 
um, on some of the negative stuff. And then it's like, well, let's talk about something positive. What good has come out of this? Because not everything's so bad. And if all you do is focus on the bad, then you're mm-hmm. kind of on a downhill slope. So what advice would you give to parents? I know a lot of apprehension of praying with as a family is um, one of the parents might feel like, well, who am I? I don't really know how to lead this. I don't know where, how to get started. I don't have all the answers. What would you say to those kind those parents? <laughs> yeah, there's. Well, you, I, I guess I go back to like again growing up in church, and you see certain families, and you look at them and go, "Oh, they got it all figured out." <laughs> you know, they're a, they're a holy family. You know, I'm like, Man, by the way, Rob, like that's that. you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. So that brings me to my point. So now there's times like now. Like, if Father John needed something, I'm like, yeah, tell me whatever you need. I don't care. I'll do it. Like, I don't I don't get too embarrassed by things. I probably, I know I embarrass my wife more than I should. <laughs> so, but, but people, you know, so I volunteer a lot. I might be in front of people. So I, I'm, I'm assuming, like you just said, people would look at, like, our family now and say that. And to, to answer the question, like, for the families that don't know, it's like, you think everybody else has it all figured out? And nobody really has it all figured out. So you no, just we have all to just pretend kind of, well. <laughs> yeah, you have to embrace that struggle. If you, if you if you think you got it all figured out, you always have to be, you know, kind of searching for something, you know. Um, and whether that's your, you, yourself, your, your spouse, your marriage, your kids, you know, how do you, how do you start figuring all that out? Like I said, uh, embrace it. You and you never know what your potential is. So if you think you're just, this is just the way I am, well, everybody can change. And what do you want out of yourself? So identify the struggles, and then usually you can fix it somehow. Beautiful. Well, if you're just tuning in, uh, we are talking to Rob McCoy. He's a parishioner here at St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg. Um, I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Father John Rutten. You sure about that? <laughs> it took me a minute. I had to think. <laughs> He's taking notes, but we're... Uh, Some, uh, somebody today asked... Well, never mind. <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> well, we're talking with one of his parishioners, but we need to uh, take a quick break. And Rob, we're going to keep you over the break, if that's all right. And we're going to follow up with yep. more questions on how Rob keeps it all together. That and much more coming up next. So stay with us on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, Please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. 
how has Real Presence Radio impacted your life? Tune in September 15th through the 17th as our listeners join us live on the air to share their beautiful stories of how Real Presence Radio has inspired or impacted their lives. Join us September 15th through the 17th for the Fall Awaken Live Drive right here on Real Presence Radio. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. I'm Father John Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota, just south of Sioux Falls. That's right. You know, I think Teresa Curley is our new uh, listener relationship coordinator. She was expecting a journey this morning, and it wasn't a journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to see two cornfields, and then we'll be in Harrisburg. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually true. Yeah, That's so yeah. True. <laughs> well, we're talking with one of your parishioners this morning, Father uh, Rob McCoy. Rob, thanks for joining us, and it's been a great conversation so far just about how you've guided your family um, to grow closer to God. Um, what was your wife's um, view on starting to add more and more uh, prayer time to the family? Uh, yeah, I think it was something both her and I uh, kind of wanted for the family. You know, and, and I think like a lot of families, you just have to implement, you just have to start doing Um she and this, she always has summers off. But she's always around the kids. Even for ten years, she had a home daycare. So our kids just grew up with her as the main provider um, in the household. Um, my job is is kind of the main breadwinner, so that was my main focus. And so the kids always just kind of gravitated towards her. So what she would do, um, you know, they would do. Uh, it, mm. it as a within the dynamic of our family. As the kids got older, I've had to, you know, work more one-on-one time and try to just instill what what I feel like they need in life because otherwise they were they were always going to mom, you know. And as a dad, you're like, hey, uh, what am I chopped liver here? So, <laughs> so as the kids get older, I try to build that relationship. So it was just kind of one of those like, hey, let's um, let's do this because we know our kids need it. Um, and um, yeah, it's been it's been a great thing. I love that because we hear a lot of, uh, I, I love being able to hear from a father how he's leading his family and um, the different roles and how you're stepping out and really pursuing the children for that relationship. And I think sometimes, um, it's funny, I, I, there was a comedian that was talking about having a high schooler in the house and you're like, you feel like you're on your first date with them. Like, oh, they looked at me. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi, how are you? You know, and you try you try really hard to be you know their friend and whatever. But I I, I hear you reaching out to your 
children and really trying to foster that relationship. Can you talk a little bit more about how you do that as a father? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting because um, I had mentioned that we do have one. I mean, and everybody deals with their own level of anxiety. We've got one of our kids that he really does. And so he's our middle schooler. He's our youngest. So he's kind of, he's kind of figuring that out. And then last week he's, leaving for school and he's going to ride the bus and he's not loving school. So he's trying to convince himself it's great, you know, and, and my wife don't and I, we don't, do that. Yeah, I know. Well, we don't fight very much, but here I am trying to wave at him out the window and she keeps closing the blinds. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, she's like, it's not helping. You're only just let him go. He'll, he'll be okay. The more we try to, you know, it's kind of like dropping your, your preschooler <laughs> off at school and they're crying and you want to sit and hug them and make it better. No, just leave. Just leave the teacher got it. <laughs> so as we kind of sat and talked about that, um, yeah, he, uh, her and I just kind of had to figure out, hey, we have different parenting styles, and that's okay. You know, so it's, it, again, as the kids get older, sometimes, you know, she's got the very nurturing thing, and everybody would just, like, wow, she's so good with kids. I mean, if she met you and your 16 kids, she'd forget your names, but she'd remember every one of your kids in order. <laughs> How you do that, I don't know, but... <laughs> But, you know, it's just being honest with yourself in your marriage. Like I said, we may parent differently, um, but I, and I might put my kids to a test sometimes. It's like, hey, that might not be what they want right now, and it doesn't look great, but down the road, I hope they respect why we did that and why we tested them on it. Hopefully that answers part of your question. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean by testing? I'm interested in that. Um... Okay, so we dropped our da- our only daughter off at college this year. So I knew sometimes, you know, at 18 years old, as a teenager, you just want to do what you want throughout the summer. I want to go to work. I want to hang out with my friends. I get a boyfriend, all that kind of stuff. And I might say, hey, I need you to call school and make sure this and this are done. Just give them two simple things, call school, and <laughs> leave it at that. It's never yeah. simple, though, is it, Rob? I might I have a happen. freshman at college, too. <laughs> okay. So, so three days later or four days later, I'll say, hey, I called school, and they have all that stuff done. And she'd look at me like, oh, crap, I forgot to call. <laughs> and so you, you know you're set, not setting them up for failure, but they need to know, hey, you've got to be responsible and do these things. And I can't continue to remind you all the time because you're not in the house. And I know we have technology on our side, but it's little things like that. My wife just gets so mad at me because it's like, well, why didn't you remind her again? I shouldn't have to. And sure sure enough, then by the third time you do something like this and you say, hey, in the next couple of days, I need you to call so-and-so. And all of a sudden it's done. So am I setting them up for failure? Well, you could look at one way and not the other way, but it's like telling your kids Mm. to pick everything up all the time. Hey, Pick this up, pick this up. Well, if you do it for them, they're never going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I might just it. throw it out in the garbage, and then they're like, well, why did you do that? Well, you never picked it up. <laughs> I love it. Just different parenting techniques. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I think a lot of what I'm hearing, and I think it's really important is for anybody in any situation, is just self-awareness. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know... That's what I'm hearing from you is you're confident and self-aware of who you are. You don't have to be your wife. You don't have to mother like your wife mothers the children. You can be your own person and be a parent the way God designed you to be their parent. 
How would you say, Rob, that faith has helped you uh, get to that point of self-awareness? Say, say what, then? What would how, is, how has faith helped you get oh, to faith. the point of self-awareness? Or, like, get to what your ability to live this way? Yeah, that's kind of... That's kind of being honest with yourself and all that. You need anything? Mm. Yeah. Um, sorry, my son's headed out for an interview, so <laughs> don't do a fasting here. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Um, we're just having the real life thing happen right while we're this <laughs> reality folks. This is this is this is uh Rob is parenting right now. <laughs> yeah, well I just gave up my shoes, so I gotta figure that out before I go to work today, but it still good. Um it's 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 the it's the you know, we do too much of dwelling on the shortcomings. So my faith got better when I you always know, oh, I, I, I'm bad at this, or I wish I was better at this. Well, quit dwelling on all the shortcomings. So, But try to build upon them. So even if you do it 100 times wrong, no difference when you're a kid or you're an adult. You still do things. You wish you did it a different way. Well, once you do it a different way, okay, build upon that. Hmm. You know, and that's... And put yourself out there. So, you know, part of it at, at our parish, we have the canyon, and, and it's just like, hey, that's like partly my therapy that's my way of going and figuring myself out building upon that how do i how do i have a different conversation with guys in the parish gals in the parish with god with myself and then holding myself accountable you know you you, got to be able to put yourself out there and try to fix these things but always say well that's just the way i am you can always change you can always do something better yeah, it's interesting you say that because as a pastor, I realize um, the other option of that, you know, it's it's very similar to what we're talking about with parenting is the other option of that is that you can expect the parish to figure it out for you. Or right. you can expect the parish to do things so that you don't have to take a risk. You know, the like the is the parish has to be the one to make the friendships or to do these things, just like a child and a parent. Children. Where, but that the canyon really is that space that the parish is responsible to provide. So the parish is doing its part as its parent, as a as a. But then it's a space that allows every person to take the risk. So you can go to the canyon and get nothing out of it, right? Or you sure. can go to the canyon and have a different experience than others. And every journey is is unique, but. Um, because there's a space where the individual has to decide, I'm going to invest in this, or mm-hmm. I'm going to take the risk for this. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just go to church every week and think, oh, I went, I did my job. Well, yeah, that's part of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's times like I'll see somebody taking notes in church, and I'm like, what are they doing? Why are they taking yeah. notes? Well, it's... They're no investing. Yeah. Yeah, because you're reminding yourself. And, and again, you got to be open to some of those things and figure out how do I... How do I get to know myself better and church members better and yeah. know, connect the dots, really? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, too, with uh, kids at Mass. I've been paying attention to, uh, like, what's the response before young children at Mass or even old, you know, older people at Mass is the, the degree we need to understand what we're doing and invest in what we're doing and then the fruit of that is so different. Mm. Um, even for myself, if I'm praying before Mass, if I have studied the readings, if I pay attention, or even the Missal, like some of the words in the Missal, I thought, wow, if we like paid attention to these words, 
the fruit of it is just explosive, you know? And I think that's like the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd model for young kids is really putting young kids in front of this experience of mass in a way before they get there. Sure. So they come and they know what it means that the color is green. You <laughs> right, know, right. <laughs> 95% of the people at church don't, but the, you know, the, the six-year-old girl yeah. knows, you know, so yeah, that uh, need to invest to really engage. Um, and then the question I think becomes, and maybe Rob, you have uh, uh, some answers for us as to what makes you desire to invest? What mm. opens up that interest? What makes, you know, I don't know. What if what if somebody just says, "Well, I don't know. I don't want to." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What uh, what awakens yeah, I, you? Uh, probably just the desire to. Again, when it was kind of like, all right, I just always wondered about God. I go back to that. You you had said that one time, and I kind of was like, well, "What is that?" And then I examined my conscience, and I'm like, "Oh, that's what I've always done. I've just always wondered about God instead of trying to be like Him." you know, and emulate that. So then I, that's when I tried to change, and I was like, oh, you're never perfect. So how do I try to be more like that? And it's just holding yourself accountable. That's kind of what the canyon does for me, because really it does it for me because I want to be more and grow each week. I mean, the guys at my table, they probably don't care if I change, but but it, it helps me to know, all right, I'm, I'm going further in my faith, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Rob, thanks for joining us this morning. We're out of time already. Awesome, Rob. So grateful to have you <laughs> on the journey. All Thanks, right. Thanks, Rob. All right, uh-huh. we're going to uh, take a quick break and we come back. Pam Stetzel is going to be on the line and we're going to be talking with her about Dakota Hope Clinics coming up next on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 